Welcome to The Sears Show. Join us as we explore medicine, health, mental health, mindset, and fitness, guided by lifelong seeker of knowledge, Sifu Raphael. He will lead us on a transformative journey with groundbreaking insights and extraordinary guests from around the world. Together, we'll dive into the latest holistic approaches to well-being and the profound connections between mind, body, and soul. Sifu Raphael's expertise in positive thinking, resilience, and personal growth will inspire you to reach new heights. Get ready for the Sears show. It's time to embrace a brighter, healthier, and more empowered future. Good morning, Mike. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm great. You know, I I was just watching the intro and I'm like, man, I gotta, you make me want to up my game. It's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the thing is that we improve every day if we want to, right? It's a choice, oh, right? Yeah. I talk about that all the time. It is a choice and mm. uh, it, it, it amazes me as I'm sure it does you. How many people choose to stay where they are mm. and not want to take themselves to a whole other level when they have the capability to do it? Boggles my mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that you do is you, you help men, you guide men, right? You're a man's life coach. Yeah. Why is it so important for men to really step up mm. their game? Well, maybe most importantly, we're the leaders of our families. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, as, as the head of the family, you know, you, you, you need, you need to be a good leader. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of men, unfortunately, weren't taught how to be a great man. They weren't necessarily taught, well, I can be vulnerable and masculine at the same time. Right. A, a lot of us grew up around this whole idea uh, you know, baseball is always a great example because that's what I started with. That's what I grew up playing a lot of. Right. You fall down. The, the joke always was I call it the joke now. Right. Rub it out. Don't say <laughs> ouch. Right. That, that would not be very manly. And, you know, th those are little thoughts that get stuck in the back of our brain that uh, we need to rewire as men mm -hmm. because. You know, it's okay to say, ouch, when something hurts. It's okay to shed a tear. It's okay to show love. That's what being a man is all about. And what I've noticed is that, you know, there's just a lot of guys that don't know that that's possible. Maybe mm -hmm. they never learned it. And maybe they've never been exposed to it. Maybe they've never been around men like that. But, but uh, I think it's important for us to learn those things and, and grow into that if we're going to be the men that we're called to be. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I teach fighting. So one of the things I do tell people is like, it's okay to cry, but yeah. don't cry in the middle of the fight. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you're going to, you're going to take a pause to cry. You're going to get punched more. 
So I say it's okay. You know, you got to lick your wounds, but don't lick them in the middle of getting hit or in falling down. You still have to get up and it's okay afterwards to go, oh, you know, this hurts or that hurts or even shed a tear. That's cool. Yeah. But it's when we do it, right? If we pause at the wrong time, we're going to be in trouble, especially in a fight. That's a really good analogy, actually. And what's interesting about that is, yeah, it's important to stay present and focused on what you're doing, right? So, mm -hmm. But in the middle of the fight, you don't always have time to think or pause. And one of the things that I encourage guys to do a lot is to hit that pause button. Mm -hmm. Now, right, if you're in the middle of the fight, that might not be a good idea because you're <laughs> going to get punched in the face. But, um, you know, in life, you're in the middle of a journey, just like a, a fight. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's okay to take a breath or take a second and reevaluate what's going on. Because one of the things I hear guys bring up a lot is this whole idea around anger comes up. Mm. And so, you know, what I encourage guys to do is to take, and I've had to learn this. I'm still learning it, right? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in process. I'm in construction, right? Um, is to take a second or two to pause, meditate, breathe, and, and just take a second to take it in before you respond to people. Mm. Because that response may not be the response you really want to give. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so you, you need to have that discernment process of, whoa, is that really what I want to say? Whoa, is that how I really want to react? So, you know, in, in this world of men's coaching that I'm in, I really encourage it. You, on the other hand, yeah, you're right. Keep fighting. You have to think right in your mind. I'm sure there's something I'd be curious to know. This is me reversing the podcast here. Do, is there something you tell your fighters that allows them to reevaluate something in maybe a quick second if things aren't going well that they can uh, kind of a cue or something like that? Yeah, you know, and, and don't, don't worry about reversing it, because what I love about this is it's conversation. So you yeah. can ask me questions, too. This is a <laughs> this is a two way communication, my friend. So he, here's the thing. This is what I'm always teaching people. If you're a one trick pony and we've heard this a thousand times. <laughs> right? What else do you have? Nothing. You have one trick. It doesn't work. You're at a loss. So I teach my fighters multiple attacks and simultaneously sometimes, or even sometimes, here's, here's, the, here's the best analogy I can give somebody as a fighter. You set them up. You set them up for what you want. So a lot mm -hmm. of times it seems like you're giving something up and you are because there's a bigger play coming which if they fall into your trap, it's like that web, baby. It's like that web. <laughs> We're going to pull them in. So when we think about anything in life, we need to give things up sometimes in order to get something more. And in and, and fighting or in life, that's really what it is. If you want to get a paycheck, guess what you have to give up? Time. Yeah. So there's always that exchange that a lot of people 
don't realize, even in fighting, listen, if I throw you a left hook, maybe if I'm lucky, I'm going to connect. But maybe I set up the hook first with other punches. And when you least expect it, that hook is going to come. Right. So it's like that book by 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 Gary, which is, uh, you know, jab, jab, you know, cross and oh, hook or is it jab, jab, hook, whatever it is. Yeah. His, I got the book behind me, by the way. But <laughs> the whole thing is we need to set things up, including, yeah. including giving things up. You know, it's funny. There's, there's so many comparisons to fighting in life when you, mm. when you look at those analogies because life is going to give you a jab, jab, and a hook. So how, how, how prepared are you? And, and this is what you know, I really talk with a lot of men about, but the reality is we live in a world at war. And I don't mean there's bombs going off around us. I mean that there's uh, a spiritual war going on every day that mm -hmm. you have to be aware of. You have to be cognizant of uh, C.S. Lewis. And I never get this quote right. Maybe someday I need to memorize this. C.S. <laughs> Lewis has many, many quotes, but C.S. Lewis says that you know getting to know god is like starting over every morning and that's 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 a paraphrase mm -hmm. and why that's so important is every morning you get up you need to have that relationship in mind you need to um uh, get in touch with your power source because you're going to be in war when you step outside your house that 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 jab jab left hook is coming at you every minute of the day and so you know, it, it's interesting. You, you you were saying you teach these your students to uh, set up the the opponent, and really, that's what men's life coaching is more than mm -hmm. anything. You know, men will do a lot of things. They will go get a cooking instructor. They'll get a golf coach. They'll get a health coach. They'll get all these things, but when it comes to themselves, they'll completely ignore themselves. They'll get a business coach before they'll get a personal coach. Yeah. Now, all of those things are important, right? Because it takes, it really does take a tribe to be successful in this world. But making sure that you set yourself up for success is probably mm -hmm. the most important and critical thing that you can do. Because no matter, for example, what your business system is, if you think today sucks, it sucks. I don't care how well <laughs> your business system works, yeah. right? And so... You know, you really have to be on top of yourself. That's how you can be the best for everybody around you. And that's what I try to get across to people that, you know, there's no shame in having a personal life coach. There's it's it's a good thing to have. And we all need that from time mm. to time. We do. You know, when we. And, and the word in there is life. Right. Yes. And, and I, I, I think that a lot of people think that they have to follow someone because they're successful. They're this, they're that, they're a role model. But a lot of times we don't know what's going on in the background. Oh, yeah. We don't know what, what is happening. I just finished watching the Arnold on Netflix and you know about arnold schwarzenegger it's a great it show and, and for the guy being 75 years old he's still working out he still has passion 
And I don't want to give away the ending, but his motto is always, let's get to work. When, when we think about the guy had ambition, like yeah. there is no tomorrow. He, he captured something that he had an aspiration to be an amazing bodybuilder. Not only was he amazing, but he was, no one will ever beat him. I mean, don't get me wrong. He went seven, seven Olympias. <laughs> Somebody did eight, you know, Lee Haney did eight, but Lee Haney, if you even follow him, he could barely walk because he hurt yeah. himself. Now, Schwarzenegger did not hurt himself. He understood the body more. He understood the different things that we have to do in order to live that life. And then when he he resigned, he could have probably kept going and probably even got 10. But he said, you know, I've done this for 10 years. What's next? And a lot of people don't see life as what's next. They keep doing the same thing, even if they're successful, but they don't see that there's other possibilities that they can bring something to the world listen as the governor right yes he became an actor and then he became the governor but as the governor he really said you know i'm gonna be somebody different i'm gonna be yeah the person that comes for the people not the one that comes for me that's i think that's that speaks volumes he he's really an incredible individual and a lot of people don't know him as a bodybuilder it was so long ago um, I had, oh gosh, maybe a, a, a year ago, I had Tom Touchstone on uh, the podcast. Now, Tom uh, is out in California, and he, he uh, grew up in bodybuilding about the same time that Arnold did. In fact, he knew Arnold and worked out with Ar Arnold periodically. And it was really quite interesting to get his take on that whole era. Now that there was some weird stuff going on during that era, by the way, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, there yeah. was a lot of steroid use. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, and things like that, but you know, Arnold was a different breed of cat. Mm -hmm. His uh, mental approach to everything was absolutely phenomenal. And Tom on the podcast was telling stories about Arnold and how he focused uh, really disciplined himself to focus on certain areas of his body to improve. Um, and I think if our memory serves, Tom was telling a story about Arnold and calves, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Know, we think of these guys having these big, you know, big arms, but I mean, Arnold was focused on every area of the body and not just his body, but his mind, that self-improvement. And that is why he's a seven time champion. Mm -hmm. that's why he's a seven-time champion it's that mental edge that guys bring to the table you know i love auto racing and one of my favorite things to do and i have not been now in almost 10 years is to go to the indianapolis 500 i love indie style racing i love speed mm -hmm. but um i would go to the indy 500 every year it was my goal to go to the 100th running of the indy 500 and i achieved that and then it was getting a little pricey so but one of the things that always intrigued me was I would sit on the front stretch, not too far from the start finish line. And that track is humongous. I encourage mm -hmm. everybody to go. Just the massiveness of it is something. The, to, the, the loudness you know, of it, right? Yeah. It, it, the, everything about it on race race is incredible. But what I could see from my vantage point was the cars turning in to turn one. And, 
you know, that doesn't sound like a big deal. But you could tell the guys that had the edge over other, I should say, not just guys, there were men and women in that race. There was a different line by certain drivers that was, I would dare say, incredibly aggressive. Mm. And they could only do that because of their mindset. And those guys are the top drivers in the world in that sport because of their mindset and their ability to not fear what's going on when they're going 230 miles an hour into a pretty sharp turn, turn Mm. one. And you could tell by the line they took after a while, you watch enough laps, you've been there enough times, you can tell what the line is and what somebody really needs to take if they're going to gut it out and mm-hmm. win that race. And um, now I can't tell you what that line is. I just know it by sight, right. which is pretty incredible, right? And so um, I these men and women that are involved in athletics, that are involved in business, in life, that mental mindset that you have is the edge you have over everybody else, even if you have less ability. That's yeah. I, I firmly believe that. Mm. Didn't Tom Cruise do a movie based on racing? I think he, he did, did. Days of Thunder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then if you look at it, it's almost the same energy that he had as Maverick when he, you know. It, yeah. Right? It, it, it was that that drive, right? It's the same mentality, different vehicles, <laughs> if you will, right? It, it's definitely the same mentality. You mm. know, it's it's, you know, it's funny because in life, and I, I've had to learn this because, again, I just told you it was a story about racing and I love speed. But in life, if we're going to get ahead, we really need to slow down in order to speed up sometimes. And, and that's what's important because, man, if you just see what's going on in the world, it is so easy to speed up. And everything around us wants us to speed up, whether it's our mobile phone, whether it's social media, whether it's the news, whatever it is, everything wants us to speed up. And, you know, it's important to slow down and take in what's going on because just because the herd says speed up doesn't mean that's what you need to do. And uh, so, but it's that mental edge again. You need to know that. Yeah. You know, I am in New York, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So here, everything's like, go, 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 go. And when I travel... Sometimes I'm in other places. And I'm like, okay, you can speed up a little bit. You can speed up because <laughs> in some places, man, yeah. it is so slow. By the way, Mandy Robinson, thank you so much for being here with us. You are an, an incredible human being. I really appreciate you being here with us. So when we think about speeding up, and you said it, sometimes we do need to slow down. Mm-hmm. We need to take that breath of fresh air. Yeah. Because one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, if you look at somebody who works, 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 and they spend no quality time at home with themselves. You talked earlier about meditation. All of these things are things that are going to 
expand our life. They're going to enrich our life. So we do need to take that breath. We need to maybe take more than one breath. We need to do that meditation. We need to focus on us because at the end of, of our journey, I am, I've never, I've been to the cemetery. My girlfriend's mom loved going to the cemeteries because she thought it was the coolest place. And I, at first I was like, this is kind of weird. But then one day I found a cemetery. I was riding with my son on, on our bikes. And I said, Hey, let's go, let's go down this way. And I said, there's a cemetery. Maybe we'll take a look. He's like, what? So we take we go in and the and we go in and it's all these it was an old cemetery mm-hmm. so you're looking at all these different people that died and how young they were how old they were how many people are in a, in a plot and this whole thing and it was really really interesting because i always say what is the cemetery full of And most people say dead bodies. I said, (laughs) yes, that is absolutely true. But it's also full of dead dreams. Yeah. People who didn't act or didn't take advantage of their thoughts. They didn't put them into actions. So for me, it's me teaching my son these, these little ideas and concepts. And he gets it because now he's like, you know, I want to live my life to the fullest. And I said, well, what is it that you want to do? He's like, I don't know. I said, doesn't matter. <laughs> I said, it doesn't matter. He's 22. And he's had several different jobs. At the age of 20, he bought his own car with his own money, cash, brand new car, cash. So he had no debt afterwards. Here's the cool thing. He now is pursuing to becoming a chef, but he's mm-hmm. not going to culinary school. He's actually training with one of the top chefs where he's at and he's loving it. And he goes, I don't know if this is what I want to do forever. I said, you don't have to do it forever. We have different phases in our life. Yeah. And like as an entrepreneur, I've done so many jobs and uh, my girlfriend sometimes goes, let's play a game. I'm like, what game do you want to play? She goes, let's play a game of what job you haven't had. So because I'm not afraid of doing different things. Yeah. I started working when I was 10 years old. So for me, my life has had so many ups and downs and journeys and different adventures that it gives me, I guess, a book, if you will. Anytime I want to recollect a a story in my life, there's so many chapters because I've experienced so many different jobs or different opportunities that i've taken yeah i'm kind of in the same boat Mm, um nice you know i look back over the over the years and some of the things that i've done and you know what's interesting about it is you know when you're going through some of those things you don't understand why 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 am i doing this right now and I, i reflect back on it now i'm i'm 53 so i i i got a long way to go but i'm at a point where I can reflect back on certain things and go, why did that happen the way that it happened? Mm. And those are the breadcrumbs of life that get you to where you're at if you're paying attention. And so now I look back at some of those things and I don't ask, well, why did that happen when it happened? I understand 
why it happened when it happened. It happened to get me to where I'm at today in my life so that I can help other people and make an impact. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned the, the cemetery, you know, what's interesting about cemeteries is they're also full of stories. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, you know, one of the interesting things, now I live down South, I live in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And so we have a lot, there are, in fact, not too terribly far from me is, um, is a, um, military, uh, graveyard. And, uh, a couple of times a week, I get to drive down through the middle of Kennesaw national battlefield, which mm. is, uh, a national forest now. And every time I, ha- I love driving through there because you know, it's all forested. And so you're driving down the road and the trees just canopy over the road. Mm. And it's just, it's just one of those things where you're like, well, I'm not in the city. I'm on this one lane road driving through this canopy of trees. But I always think as I'm driving down through there, what are the stories here that made America what's going on? And uh, to be perfectly honest with you, the museum is not too terribly far from me. And I need to go, I need to take the time to go in there Mm. and really understand some of those stories, because those are the things that built America. And, you know, I love hearing people's stories. Um, I like hearing their stories of comebacks. I like hearing their stories of the pivot points in life that change them. And it's one of the reasons why I do the True Man podcast, because I think or I believe that other men need to hear those stories so that they can take their life to the next level. I believe it inspires us to take action. And I think it's good to know that, you know, I'm not alone in this world. I've mm-hmm. had a few challenges here or there throughout my life, whether it was with my career or whatever, but I'm not alone in that. Yeah. Somebody else has had that challenge too. And so, you know, I think that those stories are just so, so uh, critical to hear. So, so maybe you need to come down, Raphael. We'll go to the, uh, we'll go I to the Renaissance national battlefield museum. I bet we'll hear a story or two. Oh yeah. That sounds interesting. You know, when I was when I was young, I, I was very fortunate that my sister used to help a couple and they were very old. Well, to me, they were very old because I was 10 years old. <laughs> anybody, anybody in their 30s was old, you know, when you're 10. So but this guy was uh, 90, 90 something. Right. He was in World War One. Mm. And the stories he told yeah. me and the pictures and everything else. And I used to mow his, his lawn. <laughs> and I didn't get paid, but the stories more than paid. Right. It was amazing. We were, my sister just went there because my, my sister's a saint. Right. And so is my brother-in-law. And they would just go there out of their own heart wash the dishes, shop for them, do all these different things, never ask for anything. And so I would go along and, I, and my sister's like, oh, that grass needs cutting. I'm like, okay. And it was a push more, a push lawn mower. And I was like, okay. And then after, after I cut it, I had to go rake it and then put it in bags. So it was, it was such an amazing experience just to sit and 
and, 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 and drink some lemonade in the summertime and have this man just tell me all these amazing stories, which were phenomenal, you know? And when, when we think about, and you talked about what America and how America came to be, it's all the people who sacrificed. Oh, yeah. Who, who did everything. And, and you know, even, even our fathers, our grandparents, anybody mm-hmm. yeah. who sacrificed to even put food on the table. You know, sometimes they, yeah, I know of people who've worked two, three jobs just because family was number one. Otherwise, you know, they could do without or they can do with one job, but just the kids wouldn't have the toys or the kids wouldn't be able to take a vacation. And some people work an extra job and that extra job is what pays for the extra stuff. Yeah, so you're right. There's so many stories out there of people who are truly, truly believers of either men or women who are there and family comes first. So I do appreciate that so much. I, I, had, I had to laugh when you were telling that story because I used to have a neighbor and I would mow his lawn, a guy by the name of Clarence. And uh, he now in this case, he did pay me five bucks. But, <laughs> but I would mow his lawn, knock on his door, and go in and uh, it would, I would sit with Clarence longer than it took me to mow his lawn <laughs> because he would tell me story after story and he played a little professional football. I'm talking leather helmet stuff. Mm, wow. Here, right. Wow. And so, you know, he would just sit there and tell me story after story. And it's really funny because I reflect back over my life and I, I, I think back on it and I, I realized that a lot of older adults always enjoyed spending time with me and I always enjoyed spending time with them because I would just shut up and let them go. Mm. Right. And then, you know, they're just dropping all this wisdom on me. And what's funny now, I relate it back to what I do. You know, uh, John Eldridge uh, in a lot of his books, wild at heart was, was kind of, uh, the one I always turn people to, he talks about the stages of life. Now there's one other author before him that I've found that talked about the stages of life that a man goes through. I can't find anybody beyond that guy before Eldridge, but one of the things that Eldridge talks about is the last stage of life is that sage stage of life where guys in his sixties, you're silver haired and, and younger people seek you out for your wisdom and knowledge. And, you know, one of the things I think that we've (laughs) to some degree forgotten in our country is to turn to these sages. Mm. It feels like that we're so quick to make our children grow up and be adults nowadays. And then we put them in positions that maybe they're not even prepared for, for sure. But just trying to rush these kids along. But the forgotten generation there's always these sages that have lived a little and can offer us so much incredible advice. I got to say, I have multiple 70-year-old guys that I turn to mm. for advice. I can't talk to those guys fast enough. And they <laughs> offer me so much wisdom and mentorship and friendship. And here's the funny thing. 
they're so anxious to help. They want to mm. help, yeah. you know? And so <clears throat> what I encourage people to do is find a sage mentor in your life and grab hold of them. And, and it, those are those are such precious relationships, and and so I seek those out because I want people to tell me <laughs> to, to how to take you. the shortcuts in life, right? <laughs> you know, um, I, I was wondering if if I'm a young person, I'm 18, 20, 25, 28, 30, yeah, and I go, man, I, I like the advice that that Mike just gave. So what do I do? Do I just go and, and start talking to an old man or, or <laughs> well, don't he, say he, that because I was in that position last week. So, <laughs> <laughs> but he, here's, here's the thing that we can all do and it will change your life for sure. Here's my advice. Volunteer yeah. at a senior living facility. Ooh. And say, I would love to come in and maybe play chess with somebody or play cards or just come and volunteer. How can I help serve lunch? You know, just volunteer because, listen, you're going to get some people in there who are not talking because they're beyond that or they're in that capacity. Yeah. But then yeah. you may find one or two people who. And it doesn't have to be a man. It could be a woman because women are extremely brilliant. Yeah. And. When we think about we're giving back, but what they will give us back will be yeah. tenfold for sure. So one of the things that I was fortunate is that I used to work in a movie theater when I was, you know, 15, 16, 14 to, to about 16. And I walked into the projectionist room because I needed to tell him something. And I saw a chessboard. And I was like, oh, who are you playing with? He goes, me. <laughs> he goes, I said, you playing by yourself? He goes, yeah. I said, wow, that's pretty cool. He goes, do you want to play? I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> so every time I got a chance, I would go up there and play with him. And I knew nothing. I mean, and, and he goes, let's start. This is how you do it. Okay, okay. And like, he beat me like in a split second. I was like, how did that happen? He goes, well, let me teach you. And so I started learning from him. And then what wound up happening is I lived in Queens and I used to go to Manhattan. Sometimes there's parks and there would be old men playing and they would do, you know, with the, with the, the speed, you know, with the, mm -hmm. with the clocks. And I would just sit there and watch and watch and watch and watch. And finally, an old man goes to me, what are you doing watching? Sit here with me. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> so he took me on and started helping me. And, and so I can understand just don't get me wrong. I'm not that good, but man, just the, the conversations and, and just the camaraderie that you can yeah. Yeah, generate with someone. Right. And it's fun to be on the flip side of that. Oh yeah. So, so last week, uh, and this doesn't happen to me too often, but I, I, um, uh, met, uh, a young man networking. And so, we set up a call and it was funny. We were about halfway through the call and I said to him, am, am I helping you? And he held up his notepad and he had a full page of notes. Mm. And I thought, you've come a long way, Michael. And, and it, <laughs> it, you know, it, it was enjoyable to be the sage mm. in that guy's life. Now he's about to become a senior 
in college and graduate with a business degree. So um, he was curious, as he should be, and interested in what I had to say. And man, I've got at this point in my life, I've got a lot to say. <laughs> you know, I've learned a lot. I've learned yeah. a lot. And, you know, I don't want to take that with me. I want to help as many people as I possibly can. And so mm. I'm, I'm anxious to do that. So it's it was fun to be on the flip side of of receiving. And, and instead, I was offering him my business wisdom and life wisdom that I that I've learned. So it, yeah. it was fun to do that. That's pretty cool. So, you know, um, during the summer, I, I teach a thousand kids martial arts a week. And I do it at a camp and I have staff that goes with me. Last year, I had a new kid who came on and he's helping me with with some of the kids because really when, when I say he's helping me, he's just standing there. <laughs> but, but that's okay because that's his yeah. learning. That's yeah. his learning opportunity. And, you know, we did have a 30-minute break. And so I pull out my book and I start reading. I go, what are you going to do? He goes, uh, uh, uh. I said, when you come back to my facility, I have a library. I said, pick out any book you want, if you want. You don't have to. Okay. So he comes, he picks up a book, he reads the whole thing. This was during the summer. I said, you don't have to read any other time, just half hour every day when we're here. This year, his mom texts me and she goes, what does he need for camp? I said, his uniform a water, a snack, and a book. And she goes, okay, done. So he brought a book. And I said, what are you reading? He goes, this book my mother wants me to read. <laughs> <laughs> so I said to him, I said, oh, good for you. I said, you're reading. That's good. I said, you know, when you finish that book, you know, you can still come to my library and pick out any book you want. And then what happens is, so I give him a ride halfway home so his mother doesn't have to come all the way so halfway i drop him off at my facility which is halfway for the mom so she doesn't have to drive the whole way and when he gets in my car i go by the way this is not a regular ride he goes what do you mean the first this happened last year i said it's it's a university on wheels he goes what is that i said you will find out so as soon as we get in i put on my on my phone, I have all different podcasts or different learning. I put it on. And he's like, oh, I get it. So now he goes, yeah, if you ever go in Sifu's car, they call me Sifu, I mean, teacher in Chinese. If you ever go in Sifu's car, you're going to learn a lot. <laughs> so, and it's not even me talking. It's me picking out a selection. It could be a YouTube. It could be an audio book. It could be something that's always inspiring me. But if you're my passenger you're going to be inspired too. So he enjoys the rides now. So that's, at least that's what he told me. Well, it, it, it's about mindset, right? You know that. And, you know, we become what we listen to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I've made, I've, I've cut news out of my life so much. You know, I, I take a chance in the mornings to, to read headlines from an unbiased source. And that's typically all I read. I mm. look at it just, to, just so that I have the knowledge and go, okay, this is what's going on in the world. And, you know, one of the, th you know, 
why? Well, number one, I want to stay abreast of what's going on, but two, I also see what's going on. And, you know, I think the classic story of what you need to be listening to comes from last week where we had this submarine that, um, were, were all these millionaires perish. Now, the interesting part of that story is, and it is, you know, who controls your mind? You do. So whatever you're going to become what you take in. So last week, the news ran with a fake story. Every news ran with the fake story. The Navy knew that the submarine had blown up on Sunday, but the news reports on Monday, there's a submarine missing Tuesday. There's knocking Wednesday. They got 24 hours before they run out of oxygen Thursday. They find the submarine and it's in parts. Well, the Navy knew that on Sunday, mm. but the news ran with it all week. So they just strung you along. So hey, you know what? I had no idea. Yeah. The, that goes to show you I'm not listening point, to the news. Point, point well taken. Mm. But it's an interesting thing because it's so like mm. right there in a short time frame that, you know, if you got caught up in that last week, maybe you're the type of person that got hung up on that and it took you down a road that didn't exist. It was mm. fake, you know? And so, you know, what would you have been better off listening to? Probably whatever you got going on in your car. Um, you know, <laughs> I recommend the fine training from Givers University myself, but, absolutely. you know, or, or 25 or, Givers Deeds absolutely. <laughs> yes. or, or another podcast or something like that. But I, I'm a firm believer and I, I, I try to be diligent about this. Sometimes I go for a walk and I just want to listen to music, but. Um, but you can listen to positive music too. So, you know, it's about feeding yourself, um, positive information that's going to help you grow. I'm a big believer in that because, you know, if you're not doing that, you, you may become human, human trash, listening to some of the trash that's out there. And that's unfortunate. And a lot of people end up that way. And that's why we got so many angry people in this country. <laughs> we do, unfortunately. You know, one of the things, and you talked about growth, right? Yeah. If you look at a tree, a tree's always growing. Yeah. When a tree stops growing, what happens? It, it's dead. It's dead. So if we can take that that analogy of a tree, because look at some trees that are 200 feet, you know, tall and, you know, 50 feet wide. Right. Yeah. They didn't stop growing. Had they stopped, they wouldn't be so tall. They wouldn't be so wide. And they wouldn't have so many deep roots. So one of the things about growth is setting up your roots. Yeah. So connections, right? The, uh, to me, I, I've, you know, I was reading the Bible, and one of the things in the Bible it always says that man should never be alone. We need to connect. Yeah. You know, whether it's you know, obviously with your mate, you know, your partner. Uh, friends, family. So connections are to me oh, man. one of the biggest things for growth because if I'm in a cave by myself, all I have is me. My thoughts are only going to limit it to what I can think of. But if I include you in that cave, now your thoughts are going to help expand me. What if I included 30 of you, 40 of you, 50 of you, 100 of you? Now yeah. 
it's going to grow, right? So for yeah. me, the connections are our roots. It's part of our DNA. Mm. What do I mean by that? You know, you brought up the, the Bible. You know, God creates Adam, but he doesn't want Adam to be alone. He doesn't want Adam lonely. So he creates Eve so that he has a partner to live with. So he's not alone. He's not isolated. So being in community, having relationships is really part of our DNA. God wants us to have those relationships. He's developed the family unit, friends, uh, co-workers, to, so that we can build and develop those relationships and, and help each other. And so I look at relationship and, and, and as very much a part of our DNA. And, and in fact, one of the challenges that we have in the men's space is you know, women do community really, really well. They go out mm -hmm. together. They, they have in-depth conversations. They're built for it. Men, you know, we're not. And so we, but what we tend to do is isolate ourselves a lot. And, you know, again, circle back to the Bible. That's part of our DNA. When Eve took a bite of the apple, what happened? Adam and Eve go hide. They isolate mm -hmm. thinking mm -hmm. that they won't be seen. So these things are a part of our DNA, but we have to be cognizant of them. Um, one of the things going on in the men's uh, world right now that I see is statistically, and this doesn't get talked about enough, uh, and I, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but men uh, have are really challenged by making close personal friends. We don't mm -hmm. have that many close personal friends. I think the average men uh, over the 50, I'm going off memory here, maybe only has a couple of close personal friends. And you know, what's even worse is when things go sideways, we, we resort back to what we know, which is isolation because we mm -hmm. wouldn't want somebody to know what's going on with us out of fear, shame, pride, those types of things. Worse than all of that is that middle-aged men in America are committing suicide at the highest rate. Mm. Women actually try more often than men do, but men take lethal options to end it. Mm. And so the, 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 they um, you know, are, are – and why is that? People – we really don't know, but I circle it back to – relationships what are our relationships not only with our god but with the people around us and those relationships are so important and if you don't have those relationships you isolate yourself and you feel alone and you know you may make a a bad decision in that in that moment and so those are things that i see going on in that because i tend to circle around that middle-aged area man those are things that I see going on uh, that actually, I mean, they really sadden me they do. Uh, that, they do. that this is how we choose to live. And, you know, what I have found in my life is not only much more of an intimate relationship with Christ, which I is so powerful. But, totally encourage but, it. Yeah. But that, that relationship has caused me, to want uh, 
and crave intimacy in all my relationships. You know, I want to be closer with my wife. I want to be closer with my kids. Mm. I want to have, I don't even think of myself as having business relationships. I just consider them part of my family. I consider mm. them part of my relationship. I don't separate it. I know a lot of people are like, well, we do business together. We can't be friends. Well, what, what a silly thing to say. <laughs> That's silly. You know, um, it's a really silly thing to say. You know, do you walk around with a half glass half empty all the time? Well, mm. if something goes sideways, I may have to let you go. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so what? <laughs> why? Why is that got to be the driving factor on whether we're friends or not? You know, mm. That's um, crazy. you know, so I, I, I think relationships are everything. And having that intimacy really begins with communication and mindset. And that's why you and I are talking about what we're talking about. You know, you got to do the work. Mm -hmm. You got to do the work. That does require a little discipline. Yeah, and that's you know, okay. One of the things I'm thinking is, and a couple of things that you said um, made me think, one is definitely men have fear of not being accepted yeah. if if they have if they're vulnerable uh, it's that shame guilt nonsense right the yeah. other thing that you made me think of is that our super grandparents were adam and eve so you and i we're brothers man yeah that's right we it's true brothers. my neighbor is my brother my across the street person my competition is my neighbor bill gates bill gates not only is he my neighbor well he's also my brother Right. So is right. Elon Musk and and yeah. uh, Mahatma Gandhi was, you know, related yeah. to me. So when we think about the spiritual aspects of of everything and if we for those of us who do believe in God, we know that Adam and Eve are super great grandparents, then we're all yeah. related. So why are we at war with our family? It's a crazy world, man. It's a crazy world. Listen. I need you to come back on the show because we just touched the surface and we <laughs> ran out of time. We ran out of time. So thank you so much. Anybody who is interested, you know, we put it across, right? TrueManLifeCoaching.com. Check him out. He has a great podcast, the True Man Podcast. What, what's, before we wrap it up, what's one keyword that you can give somebody or uh, an action that they can take today? Yeah. Ask for help. Ask yeah. for help on anything. If you don't know um, what to do or, or you're confused about anything in your life or your business, ask for help. Find somebody that can help you. Awesome. Great advice. Now, don't go away. We're going to say goodbye to everybody, though. All right, everybody. Thank you. Do me a favor. Like, subscribe. This was episode 153 on this show. By the way, I think I've done four, almost 475 shows this year. But hey, who's counting? So <laughs> thank you so much for being here with us. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Take care.